Hey guys, and welcome to episode 193 of SwiftCast. This is Adam. Ashley. And Steph. And we have an awesome episode upcoming for you guys. We are going to be doing part two of our discussion about Taylor Swift now. If you missed it, we discussed part one, which included the discussion of episodes one through six of Taylor Swift now. And that was back on our SwiftCast episode 184. So if you want to hear that, 184 is where you need to go to listen to that. And of course, also go back and listen to episode 186 if you missed it. That was our in-depth discussion of the Houston Super Saturday concert, which is actually part of Taylor Swift now as well, which is episode 13. Yeah, so this week we get to talk about episodes 7 through 13 of Taylor Swift Now. There's a lot there. A lot of exciting stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff that I either forgot about or maybe missed the first time around. So I'm excited. To kick off this episode, we wanted to talk a little bit about Ed Sheeran. We talk about him a lot on this podcast because, of course, he's a friend of Taylor's and he has some excellent music as well. And his tour just started this past week in Italy. Did you guys get a chance to see the set list or any YouTube videos or anything of his new tour? I checked out the set list, but I've been trying to avoid watching videos so that I can save it for when I actually get to go to the show. I agree with that. There was one song on the set list that I was so curious about that I had to watch the video because... I heard that he did a mashup of Don't and New Man, and I thought that was really cool, so I wanted to see it. So should I be pretty excited for that live? Oh yeah, it was great. And Don't is obviously one of his most popular songs, so it starts out with that, and the crowd in this video was really, really excited because the beat is, you know, everyone instantly knows what it is, and everyone's so excited. I saw one little clip, I forget what song it even was, but the thing I noticed was that the stage design and the video screens were really unique and really cool. It's really hard to describe them, but they looked awesome. Did you guys see that? Yeah, it was so different than his stages in the past, which have always been pretty plain. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the tour when it comes to the United States. I think... The song from the set list that I'm most excited about is probably Galway Girl. I just have been jamming to that song all the time lately. It is definitely one of my favorites off the album. Well, and we just heard this week that that will be the next single. So that's exciting. And I'm sure that he had a really hard time picking the set list, but I think he did a really good job of making everyone happy. And it does look like he changes it up a little bit from show to show. So in case you have not heard, here is the set list for Ed's Divide Tour. And like Ashley said, it sounds like it changes a little bit from show to show. But first he starts off with Castle on the Hill, followed by Eraser, followed by the A-Team. Then it's the Don't New Man mashup. Lego House is next, followed by I'm a Mess. Number seven is Happier, and number eight is Galway Girl. Number nine is How Would You Feel. Next is a cover of a song called Human by Rag and Bone Man, which I know that song, I've heard it before, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Ed's cover of it. 
Number 11 is photograph, and 12 is I see fire. 13 is perfect, 14 is bloodstream, 15 is thinking out loud, and then he closes the first part with sing. And then there is an encore, which is three songs, Shape of You, You Need Me, I Don't Need You, and finally, What Do I Know? So I was a little surprised. I know that he's been changing it up and adding things, but I think the first thing I thought was, where's Barcelona? Where's Nancy Mulligan? Where's Dive? But from what I understand, sometimes he has been adding those songs in. I think I'm also surprised by some of the older songs that weren't even singles that are on the set list, like I'm a Mess and Bloodstream. I've got to think that maybe he picks his songs based on what he has the most fun playing. Yeah, the way he did Bloodstream on the Multiply Tour was a lot of fun. I liked the live version better than the album version of that song. And I think I'm a Mess is a great song. It is, and I remember how he would start the show with it on the Multiply Tour, and it was so great. Yeah, I was just a little surprised. But I was happy to see that What Do I Know is the closer song. That kind of leads me to believe that maybe it will be a single, and I think it should be a single. And one thing I wouldn't be surprised about is if Ed takes feedback from fans at the shows or online and tweaks the set list based upon that because I'm sure he wants to make the shows as good as they can be so why not take feedback and make little changes to please the fans and it looks like he's already been doing that because I think a lot of people wanted to hear Barcelona and I know he's since played it at least once but this makes me think that maybe I need to go to multiple shows so that I can be sure to see everything I want to see. Well, I think that's the best thing about the type of shows that he plays is that when it's just you on stage, he has total control and can change whatever he wants. And maybe that's why he still doesn't have a full band with him, because I thought that he might on this tour, which I didn't really want, but I thought that might be what he ended up doing. Yeah, he actually said in an interview a long time ago, though, that he was planning to have a band for this next tour. And I was worried about it, but I'm happy. Although I think when he comes back for the stadium tours in 2018, I would bet that he'll have a band then, but I don't know. That makes sense, but at least we'll have the stripped down tour beforehand. Right. I feel like I need to go to multiple shows, but that's okay, since Taylor doesn't appear to be doing anything right now. Well, speaking of Taylor, let's jump right into our segment about Taylor's old Tumblr posts. And at this time in 2015, she was really active on Tumblr. So we have a bunch of hilarious posts from her. So this was a photo of Taylor that was taken while she was hiking. And this person said, even when out hiking, she's practicing her dancing techniques for the 1989 World Tour. And Taylor replied, not dancing, Donna, prancing, all caps. (laughs) This photo is funny. I feel like she was just hopping off a rock, so it looks like she's prancing. Yeah, the photographer definitely caught her at an awkward moment, so that's a funny picture. Our next one is from March 23rd, 2015, when Kira's Time to Tumble wrote, Your favorite things combined, Taylor. 
and it was a photo of a little kitten in a Pop-Tart box. Taylor responded and said, new iPhone background alert. And I bet she did change her background to that. I feel like that's something she would do. I think so, too. The next post is also related to Pop-Tarts, and this is one of my favorites of all time. Somebody had made a post saying, the real question is, does Taylor agree that these are the real MVPs of Pop-Tarts? And it was a picture of the wild berry flavored Pop-Tarts. And Taylor replied and said, I personally just think the strawberry frosted low fat ones taste the best, but these are a close second. And the ones I go for when I'm feeling real wild and crazy. And that was in all caps, real wild and crazy. (laughs) And I feel like this post ended up inspiring some Pop-Tart-related costumes and signs on tour. I think it did. The next one is from March 28th, 2015, and Taylor said, When you're at rehearsal and the door just can't even, and it was a video of the door that apparently Taylor knocked off of the hinges somehow. Yeah, it's really funny. She goes, I didn't mean to do that. I guess I'm the Incredible Hulk or something. And our next one is a Tumblr post from March 29th of 2015. Taylor wrote, in quotes, When it all falls down, we'll be two souls in a ghost town. And then she wrote, Ugly cries forever. Hashtag Madonna and Taylor. And she included a photo of her performing with Madonna at the iHeartRadio Music Awards. I think that was a surprise to everybody. I really don't think anybody predicted that or saw that coming from what I remember. No, I remember that popping up on Twitter and running to turn on the show. Yeah, me too. I had no idea. And our final one for this week is from March 31st of 2015, when Taylor wrote, Happy birthday, Jack Antonoff. May you always keep your youthful enthusiasm showcased in this photo. And it's a photo of Jack, Taylor, and Austin. Can I just say that I really love Jack Antonoff? Ever since he's been working with Lord. I mean, he's just so talented. He absolutely is. He was a part of the band Fun for a long time, and now he's part of Bleachers. And he's just an awesome, awesome guy that is super talented. You're right. I was just thinking about how cool it would be if there was a Lord and Bleachers combined tour. Well, that would be cool. Because Bleachers is supposed to be coming out with new music soon. Well, and Jack worked on I Don't Want to Live Forever, so I think... He's probably going to be working with Taylor for album six. So it would be cool if he went out on the road with Lord to promote his new work. And I think what I like about him is that he can work with so many different people, but it isn't like, I don't, not really referring to anyone in specific, but I feel like a lot of producers in pop music produce similar songs kind of with everyone they work with. And I feel like he really can adapt to any style and makes it so unique to the artist he's working with. Well, as we've done in the past, we want to take a look at some of Taylor's friends, like Jack, and what they have been up to. So this is our segment called Squad Tweets. And the first one is from Ed Sheeran, just the other day on March 16th. Great way to start a tour. Thank you, Turin. Forgot to take a photo of the crowd, though. Sorry. Tomorrow I shall remember. Love y'all. He does like doing that. He takes a photo from the stage and posts it every night. He even did that on the Red Tour. He did, yeah. It's cool that he's kept up with it. In his Nashville night one photo, I'm not really in it, but like the side of my arm is. Like I just almost made it in his photo. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, then on March 20th, Ed tweeted, Happy to announce my opening act on my North American tour is James Blunt. And what's really interesting is James Blunt has a new album coming out, and guess who co-wrote it? Ed. (laughs) So that should be really interesting. I actually only know James Blunt's song, You're Beautiful, which is from, I think, 2005. I'm sure that's what a lot of people know him from. Right. I don't really know any of his other music, so I'll definitely have to check it out. And I just think it's neat that Ed co-wrote a lot of this because he said that when he goes on his stadium tour, he'll have a boy band open for him and he's putting this boy band together and he's going to write their songs. I wonder just how he, when he writes for so many different people, like I feel like you almost have to like switch into a different character or something yeah depending on who you're writing about i would think so too but don't you also think that when you heard songs like love yourself you knew it was ed i just could tell from some of the lyrics and the just the way some of the words were enunciated i think but was that song always meant for justin bieber or did ed just write it and that ended up giving it to him um that's a good question i don't really know yeah i don't either I do know that I just watched him sing it, and it was funny because he said, this is a cover, kind of, of a Justin Bieber song, since he actually wrote it and sang in it. But that's a good question. Yeah, maybe he wrote it for himself. And I know he said recently that Shape of You could have possibly been given to, I think he said, Rihanna or someone else, but I really can't imagine anyone but Ed singing it. That's true. It seems like when songs land with an artist, that's who they're meant for. The perfect example is Better Man. Yes, Taylor could have sang it, but she said that she thought it would sound perfect with Little Big Town, and it certainly does. Our next tweet comes from Selena Gomez on March 16th, and she was recently on the cover of Vogue magazine, and she tweeted, Thrilled to share my first American Vogue magazine cover with you. Read the story and see the full spread. And she linked the article. And Selena also did a 73 questions video with Vogue, just like Taylor did when she had her Vogue interview last April, about a year ago. Yeah, we actually covered Taylor's interview back on episode 152. And they just show up at her house and follow her through her house and ask her 73 questions. I like that they do that because the answers just always seem really spontaneous and just fast. They move so quickly. And it really gives you a chance to hear her talk about different stuff than what they ask in typical interviews. Right. It's not your average question. It's not people asking her why she likes the number 13. (laughs) And you don't often get the chance to see around a celebrity's house. So that's always fun. Yeah, we picked up on a lot of things. I forget exactly every little thing, but I remember there were photos by her sink and some interesting photos on the wall. And now I want to go rewatch that Vogue interview. That was fun. Our last one is from Carly Kloss on March 23rd. She tweeted, T-minus one week until Carly for Express is finally revealed. And this is Carly's new clothing line that's coming out. And she's had a partnership with Express for a while, but this is her first official clothing line with them. So that's really exciting. Yeah, so it looks like that will be out on March 30th. 
do you guys buy any express clothing or will you be interested in this at all? I'll definitely check it out. I think Carly is really smart and a great businesswoman and I kind of just generally love everything she does. So I'm sure that she's put a lot of work into these clothes and I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I like Express. I don't have a bunch of stuff from Express, but I have been following Carly's work with them. And like Ashley said, I think she's doing a great job. She's just really smart. As we have said many, many times in the past few months, Taylor has been super quiet this entire year. We do have two small news items to tell you about this week, though. The first one is exciting. Shake It Off now has 2 billion views on Vivo. And a couple weeks ago, we told you about how Blank Space hit 2 billion views, which made Taylor the first female artist to have one video with 2 billion views. And now she has two videos with 2 billion views. And I think she's actually the only artist, male or female, to have two videos with 2 billion views. And since Shake It Off hit 2 billion, it actually has overtaken Blank Space in the number of views, which I thought was kind of surprising because Blank Space had so many and Shake It Off was behind, but then it just caught up and now it's it has the most views. So Shake It Off is officially Taylor's video with the most views for right now. And one thing this made me think of was whenever Taylor does release her next single, whenever that may be, along with the music video, how fast will the views rise on that video? I think it'll be astronomical. Well, yeah, you have to figure Blank Space and Shake It Off have now been about two and a half years, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah because Shake It Off was in August of 2014 and Blank Space was early November of 2014. And I feel like Bad Blood is way up there in views as well. I feel like that will be her next one to reach that milestone. And the last news item for this week is that all three parts, part one, part two, and part three of Super Saturday Night in Houston are now available on Taylor Swift Now. So if you haven't yet, go check them out. They are fantastic. So as we mentioned in our main discussion today, we're going to be talking all about Taylor Swift Now, episodes seven through 13. And episode seven, to get us started, was all about being on a video shoot, or actually a couple different music video shoots. Yeah, episode seven included mine and our song. And the good thing about Taylor Swift Now, as we mentioned in our episode covering the first half of Taylor Swift Now, is that some of the content you can still watch on YouTube or Taylor Swift's Vivo channels, because... A lot of these behind the scenes from videos are available. For example, here on episode seven, it was behind the scenes for mine, which was shot way back when she was making the video. So you can go watch them. But it was exciting to go back in time. It was a lot of Taylor talking about how she wanted this video to be shot in Maine because she actually at that point had never shot a video outside of Nashville, which... I guess when I thought about it, I realized that, but it was still surprising to me because mine was the lead single for Speak Now, so she already had two other albums, and every video was shot in Nashville before mine. And 
For mine, Taylor worked with Roman White, who also did You Belong With Me, 15, and mine. And it was just really cool to see some of these behind-the-scene moments. It was funny because there were a lot of bugs in the scene where Taylor's in the forest with all the photos hanging. One of my favorite parts of the video. But she mentioned how that there have been bugs for every music video shoot she's done outside. And it was just funny because for me, that reminded me of the behind the scenes video for Love Story when she's in a car. I don't know if you guys remember this, but she's in this car and she's in her gorgeous dress that she wears in Love Story. And there's this huge spider I feel like it might have been on a vlog or something or maybe behind the scenes of Love Story, but she just starts screaming because there's this big spider on her dress. Yeah, I do vaguely remember that. And what you say about the bugs makes total sense. She did have several videos, you know, outside in wooded or tall grass areas. What comes to mind is Love Story, of course, even all the way back to Tim McGraw. There's scenes, you know, outside in like this tall grassy type area. So that's funny that bugs were always part of the music video disturbing her. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why Shake It Off is all indoors. But the other thing I thought was cool about this is the forest scene with all the photos on the strings. It was actually one of the final scenes shot and they had a photographer on the set the whole time taking photos as they were shooting the music video. And they just had them develop that quickly and hung them up. That must have taken a lot of effort, and I thought that was pretty neat. But you could see the photos better. Some were older photos from when Taylor was little or when Taylor was singing the national anthem at the 76ers basketball game. But then other ones were from the actual music video of Taylor and the lead, Toby Hemingway, together or with their kids that they have in the video. So I thought that was neat because in the video, it's so quick. You can't really see what the photos actually are. I'm definitely going to have to go watch that music video again because just reminiscing about it now does make me think that is one of my top videos. It's a really good one. Yeah, it's a great video. And the video is included on Taylor Swift now, so you can watch it there or just YouTube it. But before playing the video, Taylor talks about the video and she just talked about how much fun she had being in Maine. And she really focused on how great the kids were. She said that that was what she cherished about making the video because the kids who were cast were just full of energy. And I remember, this wasn't included in Taylor Swift now, but I remember how she took the kids out to go shopping after they filmed the video and she bought them toys which I always thought was just really nice. It's just the kind of person Taylor is. And this episode also included our song. It didn't include a lot of the behind the scenes. It just was Taylor talking about it today. She was reflecting back. She mentioned how she wrote the song for her talent show and it was her first number one on country radio. And she still has the sparkly guitar that's in the music video. I love that guitar so much. She said that the reason why they made it the way it was is because they had ordered this black guitar, but it was damaged. So they just glued all these crystals on it. 
So not only is that guitar included in the music video, but she used that same guitar on tour and at award shows. And she was just joking around about how she always had these crystals and glue with her at all times because they would fall off. And the other cool thing that I learned that I didn't know before was the scene when Taylor's on the flowers for our song. They actually gathered all those flowers up after they shot the video and Taylor would hand out flowers when she met fans on tour. So it must have been when she was opening for people like Rascal Flatts or Tim McGraw or Brad Paisley. But I didn't know that she did that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That is really cool. And going back to the guitar, I didn't know that part about the guitar either. And it's neat because that guitar pretty much became iconic in terms of how often Taylor played it. And, you know, when you would see her in performances, that would be the first thing you notice because it's so bright and sparkly. And to think it wasn't even supposed to be like that, it was because it was damaged. Right. I would love if she just brought it back. She obviously still has it because it was sitting right there on the couch with her. Was it in one of the Taylor Swift experience exhibits? I can't remember now. See, I didn't know if it was there or if it was at the Country Music Hall of Fame at one point. I feel like I've seen it somewhere in an exhibit. I don't know. I'm sure it has been somewhere. I'm just not sure where. Well, hopefully it surfaces again. Or she just decides to play with it again. That would be great. Well, episode eight is about Shake It Off and Mean. And one part is Taylor talking about Shake It Off way back in 2014, where she just talked about the meaning of the song and how she wanted to have a sense of humor about people saying mean things about her. And she wanted a song that was joyful. And then they played the video after that. And the initial interview is, like I said, from 2014. So you can find it on YouTube if you try to look it up. It's just when she was talking about 1989 in general. And then for Mean, it was the behind the scenes, which I learned a lot of things. I don't know if I forgot to watch this when it initially came out or if I just can't remember because it was that long ago. But for the behind the scenes of this music video, Taylor talks about how music videos get treatments, which is you get all these ideas from different people about how to do a music video. And she said she had about 30 treatments from other people, but she didn't really think they fit the video, what she had in mind. So she made her own treatment of the video and came up with the whole concept on her own. The director thought it was great and just went with it. So I thought that was pretty neat. The other thing that I learned was the whole video was shot in one theater. It's called the Orpheum Theater in Los Angeles. And every single thing that you see in that video is just a different set that they made. And they all, they put everything on the stage of this theater. I think that's amazing because when you watch the video, it looks like it's shot in different places. That is cool. And one thing, I don't remember exactly where I read this or heard about it, but did you guys ever notice the connection between the mean video and Welcome to New York from the 1989 World Tour? Mm, I don't think so. So it's basically when she's singing the line, 
someday I'll be living in a big old city. There's like a backdrop of like a big city. I don't know if it's supposed to be specifically any city in particular, but if you just compare like the backdrop of that from the music video to the opening song from the 1989 world tour with all the New York buildings in the background, it's just kind of a cool connection because back in the day she was saying someday she'd be living in a big city and in the current day she is and that was part of her tour and new york was part of her album and her tour so that was pretty cool to see that is really cool yeah i think i may have thought of that before but not just through the tour but now that you say that yeah especially the way the tour opens when you have the aerial shot of the huge city yes exactly yeah that's cool The other thing that was interesting about this video was with Taylor's band, they all had these brand new shiny instruments and nobody said anything about them. And they were about ready to go on stage for the prairie scene when they're all in the country. And before they went on, Taylor said, wait a second, your instruments are way too shiny. We need them to be dirty. So actually somebody went down the street and found instruments that were older and not brand new and so they bought all these new instruments and then they put dirt and stuff on them and they put dirt on their faces too so i just like how detail-oriented taylor is because i think if they had stuck with their new instruments that probably would have stuck out i think so too yeah she catches on to everything and i think she's just always really good at finding and partnering with directors that can bring her vision to life or whatever it is she does yeah she finds the best ones and then also in this episode you have present day taylor talking about mean and she just says how great it was to be singing about something that made her feel awful but it was a good song she said that the lyrics are really heavy And if you just read the lyrics, you would think, wow, this is really awful. But the song itself makes you feel good, which I agree. If you did just read the lyrics, which we probably all did when Speak Now came out, it did seem like a sad song, but it's not at all. And she said that it was very validating for her to win two Grammys for that song. So it will always be a really special song to her. Well, then in episode nine, we have features for White Horse and the Tim McGraw music video. So the behind the scenes of White Horse is, again, something you could look up on your own if you don't have direct TV. It just shows Taylor shooting. She was in a diner with a friend. And it was funny because they were pretty much just doing improv while they were shooting this scene. And... Taylor was joking around that a horse would come into this diner and that's actually what this song is about. And then she started talking about how she loves unicorns and how she would love there to be a unicorn and a Pegasus combination for a Pegacorn. So that was really funny. She just is so natural and just so funny. I kind of miss those little snippets that we used to get with the behind the scenes music videos. We still get them. We even got them for things like Blank Space and a little bit for Bad Blood. But back in the day, they were just really lengthy behind the scenes. And I felt like we were there with her, which was really cool. 
Yeah, you're right. The behind the scenes nowadays do seem to be very short clips. Right, like especially Bad Blood, it felt more like we had some Instagram videos of behind the scenes. But for White Horse, it's a long one. And she talked about how it's hard to cry on camera because 30 people are there with you filming you. And she had her director for this was Trey, who had done all of Taylor's music videos up to that point. And Trey was actually an actor along with being a director. And she helped Taylor and said, you have to go think about what makes you the saddest, who makes you the saddest and focus on that. And it was funny because Taylor said she would really like to do more acting. And so shortly thereafter, she did go on to act in Valentine's Day. Since then, she's done The Giver. She's been in CSI. She was a voice in The Lorax. And who knows what else she'll be doing. But I do think she is a natural. And then also when they were shooting this, it was really rainy and Taylor just mentioned, similar to the bugs, she said that for all of her videos up to that point, the weather was always bad in some sort of way. She said for Pitcher to Burn, it was unusually cold in Nashville. And for Love Story, she said it was really, really hot. Even though it was rainy, she thought that would be good because this was a really sad song and they wanted the video to be full of muted tones rather than vibrant colors. It was also interesting. Andrea was there, of course, with her. And so she had an umbrella for Taylor, which was nice. But she also mentioned this birthday book that her makeup artist gave to her. And it was funny just to see this way back when she was reading this birthday book for her sign, which is Sagittarius. And she said for her personality profile for Sagittarius, they are often better at expressing themselves through writing than speech. And she was really excited about that because obviously she loves to write and express herself through songwriting. And then they showed the video for White Horse, which I had not seen in a while, so it was nice to see that again. Yeah, that feels like so long ago. It does. And sometimes I forget that song won a Grammy. It was a single that was on the radio. Because I think when we think of Fearless, we think Love Story, You Belong With Me. And I don't know if the music video had anything to do with the Grammy win, but, um, and it was actually two Grammy wins that White Horse had. It was for Best Country Song and Best Female Country Vocal Performance. Yeah, she really should sing it more often. I know she did it once on the 1989 tour with Uzo, right? The actress from Orange is the New Black, I think. Yes, they did. That's right. But other than that, she hasn't really performed it. So after the video for White Horse, we go to present day Taylor, where she talks about Tim McGraw. She just gives a short little clip about it. She mentions, of course, this was her very first music video and the lead actor in it. Also, for him, it was his very first music video. And he was cast for the video because he had long hair. But she mentioned... Anytime you go on a job interview and want to do well, you get a haircut. And that's exactly what he did before he came to the music video. And so the director, Trey, was surprised when he got there and had short hair. So he got what Taylor called manstensions glued into his hair, pretty much extensions. 
And I had no idea about this at all. So it was pretty cool. And Taylor said that this is a great lesson that you don't necessarily need to get a haircut before a big day. So it, she was just really funny about it. And then you can see the music video. And you can't tell that he has extensions at all. Yeah, that was a really interesting and cool fact that we wouldn't have known, known about unless we had this interview. And one thing I thought about is that music video was so long ago. Um, it came out in 2006, right? Right. I just am curious, you know, the very first music video she ever did, the first actor, male actor that she had in her music video. I wonder what that guy's doing 11 years later. Right. We probably could look him up. Maybe. Well, for episode 10, it's all about Taylor going on tour, and it covers some 1989 aspects and red aspects. For 1989, it's all the videos that were available on Comcast. You may remember when Taylor was getting ready for tour, Comcast had special videos about the tour on their on-demand channel. But if you didn't get a chance to see any of those, there were a couple episodes from there. It talks about 1989 tour wardrobe, about how involved Taylor was in the look and feel of the whole tour. She really wanted this to be a sophisticated kind of tour. There were 164 costume pieces and over a million beads and sequins were used, over 4,000 yards of fabric, over 21,000 hours of designing, sewing, and beading, which is crazy. And it also talked about how the costume changes were really quick. And there were four dressing rooms under the stage. One for the dancers, one for the backup singers, one for the band, and one for Taylor. It must have been so much work setting up that tour. And another interesting fact that was mentioned in the video that I thought was really neat is that she had a full staff to clean, repair, and store all the different costumes Obviously, being on tour, you're going from city to city and playing sometimes multiple nights in a row in different places. Uh, it makes sense that you got to have a, a full team of people to take care of all that stuff. Exactly. I always wondered, too, if she had multiples of each outfit. They didn't mention that, though. I would imagine so. Right. right. The next little clip was about all the trucks that were used for the tour. There were 26 trucks and 11 buses just for the United States, which is a lot. And Taylor selected what the trucks would look like. She picked the photo that would be on there. And it was just interesting to see how they plaster it onto the truck. They have to heat it up and then they use this rolling thing, like a brush, to make sure that there are no air bubbles. And each trailer took 18 hours and there were 26 trailers so that's a lot of work. Another video talked about the building of the stage for the tour and how it took seven months to plan, uh, beginning with three months of dress rehearsals, followed by four weeks of stage rehearsals in Nashville. And then they did 10 days of dress rehearsals two times a day in Pennsylvania right before the tour started. And all this began in early November even though the tour didn't start until May, correct? Right. The tour ended up going to 31 stadiums, 52 arenas, 
and two festivals, and all of that was in 55 cities, 12 countries, over four continents. And the big long catwalk that the tour had, Taylor specifically designed it so that she could be closer to the fans and get close to a lot of fans, other than just the ones that were in the front row there. And that ramp or that catwalk that she used, they talked about how it was created and how it weighed 40,000 pounds and it could hold 13 people, which it ended up doing during Shake It Off when it was lifted and they were all up there, all the dancers and her. Yeah, it was amazing. I think this said that each little part of the propeller weighed 100 pounds, so I can't imagine putting that together and tearing it down so many times but it really made the show it was such a a unique aspect of the show and it also spins at 20 miles per hour which i feel like that's about how fast it went for shake it off yeah it seems like it starts out going pretty slow but it does kick up towards the end of the song and start spinning pretty quickly well the other portion of this episode 10 was with red There was the Red music video, which, of course, gave us a lot of the highlights of the Red tour. And then there was also the Red video that covered Taylor's final three United States show in Nashville. And you may have all seen that before, but it really covers all three guests from that night, included Luke Bryan, Rascal Flatts, and Hunter Hayes. And all three guests were so excited. Luke Bryan said he had an absolute blast. And he wants to have signs like Taylor does at his shows. And Rascal Flatts was very nostalgic and said Taylor came and opened up for them. And here she was on this huge tour. And during this portion of the video, you actually get to see the Red Tour chant that they did before they all went out on stage. We talk about this a lot on this podcast, but it was the we're going to rock them, sock them, knock them dead. Rascal Flatts, this tour is red which is fun. (laughs) And Hunter Hayes was really excited to be there. And he said, everybody jumped so much during I Want Crazy that the whole foundation of the Bridgestone Arena was rocking. And of course, if you remember, for those last three nights in the United States, Taylor was really sick. And she said she felt really panicked because she woke up and she couldn't talk. And this was Taylor in present day talking on the couch about how she still remembers how panicked she was. And Andrea was sitting on the side. So Taylor was talking to her in the present day while she was reflecting back on this. And Andrea mentioned that Taylor had to have a lymphatic massage before she went on these three shows in Nashville. And she was using all these steam machines and tea tree oil and when you listen to these videos from that night, you can't even tell she was sick. It's incredible. Yeah, I've never even heard of a lymphatic massage before. It was funny. Taylor says she can't remember what kind of massage she had. And Andrea's just sitting off to the side. And Taylor says, Mom, you know, you remember. What was it? You were there. And Andrea says, yeah, it was a lymphatic massage. And if you check out this video that covers those last three nights you'll also see ed when he dressed as a clown for the final we're never performance in america and it was hilarious episode 11 is all about a video shoot and it is behind the scenes from 22 
And that music video was shot in Malibu, California. And the director was Anthony Mandler, who also did I Knew You Were Trouble. And of course, we all know this song was written about times with her, her best friends, and she definitely wanted to include those friends in the video. Taylor said that the shoot was really fun because it was pretty simple. You know, it was dancing with her friends and coming up with dumb moves and frolicking in the sand. And she said that the fashion in the video is close to what they actually wear in real life. And as we all know, the song 22 is a metaphor for embracing the fact that everything is uncertain and that embracing that uncertainty is a good thing. Yeah, I think that was a really fun video. It just seemed like they were just all hanging out like a normal day. It didn't even seem like a shoot. Exactly. It must have been really easy to shoot. And then there was also a little snippet in episode 11 about the song, I'm Only Me When I'm With You. And if you remember, that's a music video that is a lot of Taylor's own footage. And present day Taylor talks about how she edited the video on her laptop. And it included all of her own footage from being on the road. And it was such a huge moment for her to upgrade to two buses when she was normally traveling with one bus. Yeah, that was funny, especially because we just talked about how 1989 had 11 buses. Yeah, a little bit of an upgrade. (laughs) Yeah, and Taylor doesn't have to ride on a bus anymore. But that's a great video. For episode 12, it's called I Talked About My Music, and it includes clips about 1989. And these are clips, again, you can see them back from when 1989 was first released. Taylor's just sitting on a couch talking about developing this new album. And she talked about how her favorite song from Red was I Knew You Were Trouble. And that's the song she's most proud of from that album. So that was what made her gravitate toward pop. She realized, well, if this is my favorite thing, I should follow that. And I remember hearing that back in 2014, but it was interesting to hear it again almost three years later. And she also talked about how she wanted to have a small group of collaborators for 1989. She instantly knew Max Martin and Johann Schellbach would be two she wanted to start with. And then she expanded that out a bit to Ryan Tedder. She always wanted to work with him. Jack Antonoff, because they've always been friends. And Nathan Chapman, because he's been included on every single album she's ever done. And then Imogen Heap, she said she did not see coming at all. It just really worked out for both of them. And she just mentioned that really the album ended up sounding top to bottom cohesive, which was her goal. So even though 1989 is the most recent album, it still feels like you're going way back in time when she's talking about it. So then finally, for episode 13, it's called I Did a Special Event. And of course, this is Taylor in Houston. And to hear all about Houston, you can check out episode 186, where we covered the whole event, every song. But the cool thing about this AT&T DirecTV special episode is you get to see these in high definition, great quality, and the following songs are included. For part one, it's New Romantics, Blank Space, and I Knew You Were Trouble. For part two, it's I Don't Want to Live Forever, You Belong With Me, 
read and all too well. And for part three, it's Bad Blood, Out of the Woods, and Shake It Off. So I just think it's really nice that you can see these in high quality. Yeah, me too. I really enjoyed watching these. And I know a lot of the the fan reaction online was that people really wish they got to see Better Man because it was the first time Taylor had ever played it. And I think that we are not able to see it on Taylor Swift now because it's not her song. I mean, it is the copyright probably has to fall with Little Big Town. Yeah, and it's probably the same with This Is What You Came For. It's not included either, and that's probably why. But I agree. It would have been nice if both of those would have been added. But it's incredible. You should go check it out if you haven't. And if you have DirecTV, hopefully you've been able to see Taylor Swift now. If not, we hope that our recap has helped you feel like you could see it, even though you can't at the moment. Like we said, a lot of these things that are featured, you can YouTube the behind the scenes of music videos or the actual videos themselves. So we hope you enjoyed this and I'm excited to see what else AT&T and DirecTV have in store with their new partnership with Taylor. As we know, Taylor has a 10 year deal with AT&T. So we will see a lot more to come. Yeah. All the articles always said that there are more things to come. So we'll see what those are in the near future. Well, if you guys would like to contact us, there are a lot of different ways that you can reach us. We are SwiftCast13 on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you would like to email us, you can reach us at SwiftCast13show at gmail.com. And of course, check out our website, which is SwiftCast13.com. And as a reminder... If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes. It will download the latest episode for you automatically. And be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating because that will help other fans of Taylor, like yourself, find our show easier. Thank you again for listening. This has been episode 193 of SwiftCast. This is Adam. Ashley. And Steph. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.